teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey there, teacher friend, and welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. I always ask teachers what their biggest pain points are when it comes to teaching, and more specifically, organization. And there are some overarching themes that I see day in and day out, and one of the biggest is being, of course, where do I even start? I always recommend to start small with an area that's easy to organize in a matter of just a few minutes and then working up to bigger things. Also, don't feel like you have to reorganize your whole classroom in one weekend. I think that's another misunderstanding that teachers tend to have. It's a gradual thing. It should be. Too much at once while you're in a school year with kids, it can be a lot to change everything all at once. So instead, I recommend starting with a few key areas that I'm going to share today. If you want more detailed descriptions of all of these areas, plus a lot more, you can check out my new classroom organization guidebook. I created this resource to help address all different areas of the classroom that need organization. It's broken up into four sections on classroom setup, teacher resources, staying organized, and of course, student organization. Each section has lots of pictures, ideas, and tips for organizing all the different areas in your classroom, plus a whole list of resources that I recommend, products you can use to help you achieve that organization. So let's get started and talk about the top three areas to organize in your classroom. All right, so we're going to talk about the top three areas in your classroom. The first is going to be your teacher desk. Second, we're going to talk about a paperwork flow that you absolutely have to have in your classroom. It's like the number one problem I hear about most. So you've got to have a plan for that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about student materials. Now, these are just three areas of your classroom you need organized. Of course, there's a lot more. That's why you can go check out the guidebook. But we're going to start off with the teacher desk. So you're probably going to fall into one of two camps on this one. Either no teacher desk in the classroom because it takes up too much space and the classroom is all about the kids, or you're going to fall into the camp that I'm in where a teacher desk is important and necessary. So let me tell you first why I think it is important that you have a teacher desk. Number one, you need a space in your classroom that's yours. Yes, it is all about the kids, but I'm getting on my soapbox here, so please just hear me out. I think this is part of how we fall into that trap of only caring about what the kids need and neglecting ourselves. Yeah, that is self-care talk, but also teacher desk talk. When the kids are gone at the end of the day, you need a small and quiet, quaint little area in your classroom to retreat to. That may sound a little bit silly, but this is your classroom. You spend a lot of time there, so I think it's important that you give yourself a space that is yours. You also need a space to house your things. That's the second thing. You need a place to keep your grading materials, your teaching materials, even your purse or your teacher bag. You need a spot for yourself just like listen, don't your kids have a spot to put their backpack or their resources? You need that too. And number three, why I think you need a teacher desk is it's a great place to add a little bit of personality and make your classroom cozy. And guys, I'm super excited. Um, I'm going to be, I can't remember what episode it is. I think number, uh, number 63. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Number 63. I'm maybe talking about how to do this, make your classroom cozy, but, uh, that's coming up, you know, a few weeks from now. But anyways, I think your desk is an area where you can make it cozy. You can add a personal photo or two, some mementos, anything that brings you joy. 
So as with everything in your classroom, when it comes to organization, you need homes and you need routines. These homes allow for a space for everything to go. I swear I'm like a broken recorder when it comes to talking about this, but for real, you waste so much time looking for where things go or where you put something. If you have homes for everything with labels, then you save so much time. A few homes that you want to make sure to have in your teacher desk are a place to store pens and pencils, both extras and the ones that you're using every single day. Some kind of organization tools for paper clips, rubber bands, extra lead, all those little bitty things. Ikea has some great desk organizers. I've also linked them on my Amazon shop, some that I recommend. And in the classroom organization guidebook, I have the exact ones that I recommend. If you are going to put decorative stuff on your teacher desk, make sure to keep it simple and I know this is like a little bit extra, but I even like including a coaster on my desk so I know exactly where my drink goes. My friend Shelly made these for us as a teacher gift a few years back, and each teacher got like a homemade coaster from her, and I loved it. And I kept it on my desk, and I know it's a bit anal, but it kept my water or my coffee or soda or whatever it was I was drinking from getting lost because I always knew where to put it. It goes back to that home thing. I didn't ever have to worry about finding my water. Shoot, kids, where's my water? Um, I can't find it because it was always in its home on my teacher desk. Like I said, everything needs a home. You also need routines for the things that go on your desk. And what I mean by that is you need a plan of action of like, okay, this is its home. But when this item, paper or whatever, comes into my classroom, the routine is I'm going to put it here until I can deal with it. And then I'm going to deal with it at this time every single day or every single week. So you need a routine in place to make sure that you're taking care of the things and putting them where they belong. Part of my routine was as soon as I got done teaching something, I would pick up everything and reorganize everything. While my kids were putting all their stuff away, I was putting all my stuff away, clearing off my teacher desk, my U table, making it all ready to go. So we started with a clean slate for the next lesson. Those are routines that you want to build in so that you're making organization a priority. The last thing I want to say about organizing your teacher desk is always make sure to leave it at the end of the day, cleaned off, chair pushed in. If you have a U table as well, like I had a teacher desk and a U table in my classroom. So both of those things, I made sure they were clear and empty and my chair was pu uh, pushed in. And that way, when I came in the next morning, it was all ready to go. Okay. The next area we're going to talk about is your paper workflow. So guys, you just need a paper workflow set up. This is legit. The number one request I get when it comes to organization. Um, I feel like people fill out on this survey or message me all the time. What do I do about the papers? I've got a resource on my shop for getting this in place, but I really think I need to do like a whole course on it or something because it really is the most requested area of help that I receive. So a few things to consider. What are the types of papers that you're dealing with? Keep watch for a week or two and try to notice themes. And then when it comes to organizing your papers, then you actually know what kinds of papers you're working with. After seeing what themes you have in your papers, I recommend writing down your plan for each type of paper. So you need to make sure you have homes for all those papers, specifically homes for where kids are going to turn in papers, how they get to them, how they get them back, and also papers that come in from the office or from parents. You can get my student paper organization guide in the Simply Organized Teacher Shop for $2. Yep, that's right, $2, all that goodness. I'll walk you through exactly what you need to do. Lastly, when it comes to your paper workflow, it's really important that you set aside time each week to go through all those piles and clean them out. So I think a problem that teachers fall into is the paper just keeps growing and growing and growing and it gets so big that you can't 
you, you don't know even like how to begin with it. So that's where it comes back to the routine. Like I was talking about with your teacher desk, you need routines for when you're going to do this kind of stuff going through those papers. And y'all don't hesitate to just get rid of papers. I cannot tell you how many times I simply, and I don't know if anybody's going to judge me for this, but like, I'm, I try to keep the podcast as honest and real as possible. I cannot tell you how many times I simply threw student work away because I just didn't get around to grading it. For elementary teachers, which is what I was, if it's two or three weeks past when a kid did something, it's kind of useless to grade and return it unless it's like something that you are you did for a grade. High school teachers, that probably doesn't apply to you, but primary teachers, I think it's okay to let some work go, especially if it's just, I don't want to call it busy work, but just that daily work that you do, let it go. Station work, papers, let it go. I promise it's okay. Teacher friends, I'd like to take a minute really quick to tell you about my ebook, The Simply Organized Classroom. When I first started The Simply Organized Teacher, I wanted a way to put all of my most valuable thoughts and ideas out there to support teachers. So I wrote this ebook. If you're a new teacher, student teaching, or getting ready to start the new school year, then this is a great investment you can make to help you know where to get started before the new year, or something that you can use right smack dab in the middle of the year to help you with your organization and management in the classroom. There's seven different chapters all related to classroom organization and classroom management. Of course, I talk about things that can benefit teachers of all experience levels. A few of the topics that I cover are setting up a classroom and how we typically go about setting up and getting ready for a new year backwards. I share my ideas on classroom management plans, how many you should have, and what you can do when you have kids that don't do well with your whole group or your individual plans. I write about school dynamics and working with other teachers. And then, of course, there's a whole chapter devoted to first-year teachers. And I talk about how to organize and manage your materials, your student materials, all sorts of stuff. If any of these topics sound like an area you could improve on, want to learn more, or just get some new ideas, then head over to my website to learn more and purchase your copy. You can also use the short link, which is bit.ly slash TSOT ebook to go straight to it. That one might be a little bit easier to remember. Also, just a little tidbit, if you sign up for my email list, you'll get the opportunity to purchase the ebook for a reduced rate. It's on my website for $12, but as a new email subscriber, you can get it for eight. So if you want to sign up for my email list to get the lower price, then you can head to bit.ly slash TSOT email. And as a podcast listener, you can use the code simply teach to get 10% off any purchases that you make in the shop. And lastly, we're going to talk about organizing student materials. So when it comes to organizing areas in your room and your student materials, this is, I'm going to define what I mean by that. So that way you understand what we're talking about. Of course, there's a lot more that goes into this and it'll all be in the classroom organization guidebook. But the areas I'm going to talk about today is their desk, their actual supplies like markers, pencils, crayons, journals, all that kind of stuff, and then station materials. So let's break those down with a few tips for each. First, their desk. You might have to get creative here. If your students don't have cubbies in their desk to store things in, you can use milk crates, plastic cabinet, drawer things. You know what I'm talking about? They're like um, three or four drawers like in one plastic. You know what I'm talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, go to my Amazon shop. I have them linked there. Um, If you have multiple classes, you might need to come up with a creative way to let multiple kids store their things in there. 
One thing I shared in last week's coaching session with Jordan was using large Ziploc bags to put all their stuff in to keep them separate. That might be something to consider. The next thing you want to think about is how frequently students are going to clean out their desk. It sounds silly, but just clearing the clutter in their desk can help the classroom feel lighter. I rotate a desk every six weeks, give or take. Uh, So when students got new desks, they had to first clean out their desks, their folders, and their journals. Then when I gave the okay that everything was nice and organized, they could go sit on the carpet. Once everyone was on the carpet, we would change seats and they would start out on their new desk and it was nice and clean and organized. I always recommend kids sitting in groups of four for cooperative learning because it's a great way to increase accountability on working together. It also holds students accountable for all the materials that they share at their desk. If you want to learn more about cooperative learning, which I absolutely love and recommend, you can go listen to Simply Teach number 41, Group Work versus Cooperative Learning, episode number 39 with Sarah Hakeem, who is a Kagan Cooperative Learning Trainer, or you can go listen to the Dr. Kagan himself in episode number, it actually doesn't have a number, it was a bonus episode, um, but it's like around number five or six, it's in between five and six, you can go listen to that and learn all about um, cooperative learning and how to seat your kids to allow for really good cooperative learning. All right, next let's talk about their actual supplies, their markers, pencils, crowns, journals, folders, yada, yada, yada. So I have pictures of all of this in the classroom organization guidebook. So you can see exactly how I stored community supplies if you're a visual person, but there's two parts to this, how you're going to store the supplies they use each and every day. And then how are you going to store their extras? So their everyday materials that they used, I stored in caddies and pencil boxes and I stored them for each table in these big uh, like cubbies that I had in the back of our room. Again, picture in the guidebook along with caddies I recommend. I didn't keep them permanently stored at their desk, their materials. I didn't keep them always there because then they were tempted to play with things while I was teaching. So really all that was at their desk was the pencil box with the markers, which is all they needed for that specific lesson. When we were done, it went back. We got the glue and scissors and brought that to the desk. All the extra materials that I had. So, you know, community supplies, they all brought them in at the beginning of the year. I took what I needed and put them in each team's um, caddies and pencil boxes. And then all the extras were stored in a cabinet that the students had access to if they had permission from me. So this kept extra supplies from being a free for all, but they were also accessible when they needed new things. And yeah, I just kept them there so they could come and get what they needed whenever they ran out. I would also add new fresh crowns or markers or whatever, usually whenever we uh, change desks. So that way they had new things to work with. All right. And the last student area we're going to talk about is station materials. So you need an organized way to store their materials from their stations. And again, I want you to think about how you're going to store the stations they're currently using plus the stations that they aren't using at that time or the materials that they aren't using at that time. Again, all the pictures to this are in the classroom organization guidebook that you can get, but here is how I did it in my own room. So math and daily five stations materials were obviously kept separate because they were separate subjects. The math stations they were using were stored in plastic shoe boxes for easy access And the stations they weren't using were stored in a milk crate organized by standard or topic or in my case, um, no, I didn't store them by teak. I think it was just by like different topics. The Daily Five stations were stored in larger plastic bins, like the actual ones they were using. And they sat on top of my library. Uh, I had a basket for each of the five stations. And each week I would put the materials they needed for the Daily Five stations that week in there. 
the extras that were not being used. I used a lot of file folder games. So when I when I talk about the extras, I'm talking about my file folder games um, for both math and daily five were stored in a separate uh, milk crate, one for each subject in folders separated by topic. I did have some things that I needed to store like in my library, uh, not in my library, sorry, in my cabinet from the daily five stations that um, didn't fit into the milk crate. So I talk about when you organize cabinets, you want to organize your shelves also give your, your shelves themes. So I had a shelf in my cabinet that had all the extra daily five or literacy station materials that didn't fit into those file folder game folders and milk crate. I'm going to assume that since you are listening to this podcast right now, which thank you for that, by the way, that you enjoy listening to things as a way to consume content. So what about also listening to books? I am a huge reader. My favorite kinds of books to read are Harry Potter, chick lit books, essay memoir type books, and personal growth books. But to be honest, it's really hard for me to read a personal growth book or even some type of historical fiction book because when I read, I want to completely fall into a story and I usually read at night. So self-help type books are not good nightly reading for me, but you know what does help me knock off that huge list of personal growth books that I've got? Listening to them. I can always listen to books while I'm riding my bike around town, while I'm walking the dogs, doing laundry, which is my least favorite chore. When I was teaching, I logged probably 40 miles a day in the car, so I got a ton of listening done then. If you too have a book list a mile long, then give audiobooks a try. Here's how it works. Head to my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash resources, and there you'll find the link to sign up for audiobooks. You just sign up and you get to listen to your first book for free. Then after that, it's $14.95 a month, and you get to listen to one new audiobook each month. Maybe, like me, you have a really long commute, and one book a month isn't enough. You can always buy more credits. Audiobooks now also allows their members to listen in a whole new way. You can start a book on your smartphone, pick up where you left off on your laptop, and even fall asleep while listening on your tablet. You'll never lose your place. With more than a million downloads and counting, I know you'll love it. Head to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash resources to get your free audiobook now. All right, you guys, there you have it. Teacher desk, student desk, papers, student stations, all of these things are crucial areas of the rooms that get a lot of use day in and day out. So you want to make sure that you set them up intentionally. If you want to learn more about getting the classroom organization guidebook, you can go to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash classroom organization guidebook learn. Um, I'll link it in the show notes so that way you don't have to remember it. If you're out running or you're driving to or from work or doing dishes or whatever, I'll have it all listed there for you. If you have a second to spare, I would greatly appreciate a rating over on iTunes. And if you have a minute to spare, then I would really appreciate a review. That'd be even more helpful. All right, you guys, I will see you back here next week with an interview episode. I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.